guys, this is Maddie and Kenzie Ziegler, and we have a podcast called Take 20. We want to kick back and hang out with you, but we know you're busy, so let's take 20 every week to talk, to vent, to get real. 20 minutes to catch up and talk about everything that's on our minds and yours. Listen with us for 20 minutes when you're in the car, putting on makeup, working out, cleaning your room, avoiding doing your homework. Take a break from whatever you have to do and hang out with us. Listen to Take 20 on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So keep the animals safe, especially the cute shirtless one. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hey, I'm Robert Evans, and bad news, everything's kind of collapsing. Good news, collapse means we have some opportunities. Opportunities to maybe make a better world, or at least a different one. On my new show, It Could Happen Here, Monday through Friday, we'll chronicle the collapse in real time, and we'll hook you up with the people who have a vision for a better future, so that you can make the new world better than the old one. Listen to It Could Happen Here on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So when I was like 31-ish... I was in a steady relationship. I had enough money to survive. I was had a good job. You know, I was like kind of secure. Mm-hmm. I started having panic attacks. Oh wow! Like re- like really bad panic attacks yeah, yeah. where I like couldn't deal with the world and I was like on a couch shaking. Mm. And uh, I ended up going to therapy. Yeah. And I Googled it and learned about it, and <laughs> it's, got, it's got really fucking deep. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect it to go. Were you bald when the anxiety was going on? <laughs> I was bald. Yes, I was bald. Okay, at well, time. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. All right. Hello and welcome to Bald Talk, the podcast where two bald comedians interview actors, writers, directors, musicians, homemakers, and really anyone who is bald about being bald. I'm Brian Husky, bald. And I am Charlie Sanders. I am also bald. And well, Charlie, today... um, This is a historic day. Yeah, this is... I'm going to say this is probably a paradigm smashing episode, (laughs) even though I'm certain many other podcasts have done this. Mm -hmm. But... What we're doing is, so it's almost like if David Letterman was having himself as his guest. We're each a 50% of David Letterman. <laughs> yes. So what we're doing is we are we are interviewing one another. We yes. are one another's guests. This is going to be really bizarre. So the host becomes the guest, and yet the guest is also the host. And it's constantly rotating. It's always. It's such a meta- massively meta situation this is going to be a weird episode everybody yeah hold on to your brains or go ahead and just drop that acid and listen to it Um, (laughs) but i mean honestly compared to all of our guests no one is more bald or fascinating than we are that's true yeah we've been lowering the bar just to get the podcast made yeah I have no idea what you, if you prepared anything, I have an intro for you if you want to hear it. Wow. I, I have prepared nothing. I'm sorry. Cool. But. <laughs> cool. 
but I can I can definitely improv it. So okay, cool. All right, uh, well, let me do. Okay. Uh, Charlie, today's guest is an Emmy-nominated and WGA award-winning writer, actor, producer, and improviser who is best known for his work on Key & Peele. I got it right that time, right? Correct, yes. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, and for his fantastic YouTube sci-fi comedy series, Weird City. Weird City. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has been an active member of the UCB for maybe 15 years, at least back when... 20. 20? I believe, yeah. I was 21. Oh, God. That means I've been over 20 years. Okay, that's... <laughs> Daunting. <laughs> and he also is the co-host of a wonderful comedy interview podcast, Bald Talk, with some other random bald dude. Please welcome Charlie Sanders to Bald Talk. Thank you for having me on the show. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, what was your show called, Brian? Mr. Mr. Neighbor's House. Mr. Neighbor's House. And Mr. Neighbor's House, too. Okay. My guest. You have a guest? I do. Oh. Is photographer, mm. bassist. Mm. Lovely human being, mm. close friend, mm. counselor of mine. <laughs> he was in the one of the first sketch groups I ever saw that blew my mind, The Naked Babies. Nice. He's been a UCB performer for at least over 20 years, because I showed up 20 years ago and he was already on stage. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and he created Mr. Neighbor's House and Mr. Neighbor's House 2 for Adult Swim. He's been on Veep. Mm. And many, many other shows. It's Brian Husky. Oh, it's me. Oh, it's me. Oh, thanks for having me, Charles. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's a real looking in the mirror pleasure. You know what I mean? Yes. It's a little strange. I got to tell you, we've been like co-hosts, like we're gun in the same way for a year and a half or something. Well, in a way, it's it's sort of like we're like a happy couple and now the kids have moved away yes, and we're sitting there right. having what are we to gonna do we have to talk to each other <laughs> we have to get to know each other again again that's true we knew each other for a long time but we got to know mm-hmm. each other like overdoing this podcast basically like we've known each other not well but for a long period of time yeah there are a lot of i realized that my my daughter would be like uh is he your friend and more and more i'm like I'm friendly with, I know him and I've known him for years. Or just, We're both you know, bald. So, somebody, yeah. But somebody at the theater, you know what I mean? There's so many people that we've yes, known for like. so many people like that. So yeah. insane that we've known people for like 25 years. Like, yeah, I've actually never eaten a meal with that person. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? Like you and me have never hung out one-on-one yeah. except for once. Right. When we both got vaccinated and you stopped by my house and we went for a walk. Right. Which was all of like 15 minutes. I know. The only time you and me have been together alone. <laughs> I mean, at the genesis of this thing, like mm-hmm. when you, so tr- the the idea for the podcast was Charlie's. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, I got this kind of a comedy idea for a podcast where we're just going to have bald guests. We're bald. <laughs> and we just asked them about being bald only. Yes. Very, very, like very Conan-esque kind of like minimal. Yes, 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 exactly. And then... <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's a cool idea. And then I started thinking, like, well, I feel like it might be good to get into a conversation. And then it yeah. sort of turned into, like, a conversation thing. But yep. but the meeting for that was genuinely, like, the only other kind of hangout we had prior. <laughs> it was at La Poubelle, and there was, like, a bunch of our comedian friends who were sitting there with us. And yeah. they were all like, oh, my God, you guys should do this. This is such a good idea. Yeah. So we had the drunken inspiration <laughs> were you drunk i know i was drunk. i was a little something and then <laughs> and then when we we met again uh the sort of like go over like we yeah. wrote something up oh we met then that's right yeah uh but i was gonna ask was there any point in working on the or like you know you had the idea and i sort of gave my like 
angle on it. Did you feel at all sort of like, hey, man, back off. This is my idea. And you're like, like, because I felt I, I felt like this was your idea. I didn't want to step on anything. I, not I, at all. I didn't good. feel that at all. That's cool. I'm not like that. I'm not like really precious about shit. I just like you told me your angle. And I was like, I would say like I was the creator and you were the innovator. Hmm. We would like to think of inventors in the 1800s or something like, yes. What if there was a bulb with light? And then you were like, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll use a little thingy in it to make it happen and blah, 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 blah. Like yeah. when you told me like, oh, it should be about like male insecurity and stuff. I was like, damn, that that's a dope idea. Yeah. Like, uh, no, I didn't feel stepped on at all. And ironically, I was insecure about my position on that. <laughs> I'm not very like that. I, I don't know. I uh, I find it easy to collaborate. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I asked. I probably asked that because I know that I went through a period where I was like, I wanted to be that way, and but I would always. It, it was always a little bit of an injured feeling. I'd be like, oh, but wait. I mean, I didn't hit a home run just with my idea. <laughs> wait, I'm not amazing. I think you did hit a home run. I mean, I think that's what oh, made I, no, no. But if it, it like if it, if oh, the idea for else. the podcast oh, had, I, been mine, had been mine, my shoes, yeah, and okay. you were like, well, here's my angle. I would be like, mm, ah, no. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not like that. Like, I feel like most people we know are like that, but for yeah. whatever reason, I'm just not. Well, that makes that, that does. I mean, it's reflected in how easy you are to. To, to work with and probably that people want to work with you a bunch. Mm -hmm. I mean, people want to work with me too, but these, I, I wanted to, I want to be as open and insecure as I possibly can <laughs> on this one. I'm an artist, you know, I'm insecure about stuff, but, uh, not shit like that. I don't know. I like collaborating with people. I think it's fun. Yeah. I've gotten there. It took me a long time. Uh -huh. I think it took me a lot. It like, Doing Naked Babies was a, a big learning curve for that. Writing stuff. Really? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, you guys seem so cool and, like, figured out. Were you not? No, we were very cool. We were almost, okay. like, I think I think we were a little codependent, honestly. Like in our, Oh, really? We, we were always kind of, like, worried about the other people's feelings. And oh. then the more worried we got about the other person's feelings about stuff, the more we would get protective of our stuff. Of your own ideas. Of our own ideas. Not really, but, like, it. It would come out in ways. Yeah. And then, you know, remember that there's a sketch group that had Brett Gelman, John Daly, Vadim New, Newquist, Vadim, Newquist or something like that. I can't yeah. remember Vadim's last name. So sorry. Uh, uh, sorry, Vadim, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. Uh, and then um, Jake Folganus was their director, but they had a, they were a sketch group called Mr. Ass. Oh, Mr. Ass. I remember them. Yeah. And we used to joke about how they were like the, other version of us because they would just have these screaming, screaming arguments. And then they would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the screaming arguments would always go into like deep seated emotional shares. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, really? Because sometimes we're, yeah, sometimes we're at the theater. We would just have like, ah! and they're like, man, it just, I, I feel really vulnerable right now when you say that about. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's kind of a version uh, of us. That's kind of funny. But, uh, no, I'm just not like that. I don't know. I remember, though, I will tell you one thing I loved about Naked Babies. You guys were my one of my favorite, if not my favorite, sketch group at the time. Like, oh, whatever cool. this was, 2001 or something. Mm -hmm. You had the video opening. This mm -hmm. is before the internet. I mean, the internet existed, but it wasn't prominent yet. Yeah. And so you guys had the TV screens up on stage. Right. And it was like somebody was getting chased by a car and somebody yes. else was in the shower. And it was like this really funny, cool multimedia thing that I'd never seen before. Oh, that's cool. I remember being kind of blown away by that. It's on YouTube. Actually. Is it really? Yeah, we were trying because we were trying to do the sketch show. We were trying to sort of pitch as like 
we were taking a little bit of a page from Mr. Show in that we're yes. like, okay, it's a live show. We'll give you an idea of like what it could be. And so we wanted to do like, it was supposed to be that kind of like cheesy, um, you know, sitcom intro where somebody walks in the door like, oh, I didn't know yeah, you were here. Yeah. Laugh, laugh. And then it gets all twisted. And, and then it gets like somebody is like <laughs> stalking them. And then you had this sketch where there was like two stand-up comedians at the same time or possibly four. Yeah. Yeah. the same bit. Yeah. yeah. Love that bit. Thanks, that was man. good shit. Good times. Good times. Good times, man. Well, let me, uh, I, I do want to, uh, let's just, you know, our show is about bald stuff. And, and you and I, we and I charm in, uh, charm in. We, we're, we're very charming. We're charming. Which we'll charm in in the middle of it, <laughs> the conversation. Uh, we'll smooth our way into the convo. <laughs> anything. We could smooth our way into anything. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, um, that's been a funny backdoor to kind of, knowing each other was sort of us talking about just like just that stuff like our physical insecurities because yeah mm-hmm. you know because a lot of it it i mean yeah you just don't know you never know somebody's like really you don't have that vibe but people's internal dialogue is very oh. constant and, and yeah but you're 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 very chill like we're when you start go bald were you very chill about it yeah or I didn't were you care. did you have did you you did not care how I, I didn't care. I know I've, I, I assumed other people didn't care. And as we've done, whatever we've done, like 50 some episodes, turns out yeah. everyone cared, but me, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I know you should like the government should study you or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. I'll just shave my head. <laughs> wow. That's so interesting. I yeah. know it, it's the same as sort of like your creative part where you're like, yeah, better idea wins or, you know, let's, I, I don't know why I'm like that. I'm just like that it was like with my show weird city it was like there weren't a lot of us there were two other writers besides me but even like if actors improvised a line i mm-hmm. think if it was funnier i don't have a oh it's not my line I'm yeah like, yeah great the whole thing's my show so it'll seem better if yeah. it's better and that's, that's all true. i give a fuck about <laughs> you claimed everything um, <laughs> <laughs> right so let me ask you this if you were if you had had your hair up till maybe two years ago five years okay ago, and then you went bald. Do you think you would be as rolling with it, or would there be a little bit more stakes to it because you've got Camille? I think not. I think I'd be. I think I would have been more freaked out by it if it, yeah. it, it happened so early that like I hadn't even acted that much, so I didn't have that thing of like, oh, I look this particular way or whatever. You know? Yeah. I guess I'm trying to think. Like, I have acted forever, but like, really, like probably being on Conan was the first. I ever acted like really acted mm-hmm. and I was already starting to go bald. Um, yeah. So by the time I was like really on TV, I'd done like a, some weird, like um, uh, what's it called? Uh, public access shows and stuff like that before that. Yeah. But you had done theater stuff, right? Like, did yep. you go to school for theater or you didn't No, You just, I didn't go to college. You just, you fast tracked it right into comedy stuff, right? I started doing comedy sports uh, and just like being a fucking maniac. And then, well, see, you like people like you were so intimidating to me when I started doing theater. Really, I'm doing it used to be, yeah, because I can I came in at like what twenty eight, twenty nine, oh, and okay. I had all these people. Like, I was suddenly in classes with all these people who were like, yeah, you know, I did like high school productions and and regional theater stuff, and and some of them had gone to the, theater school, and I was just. I felt like such an imposter a lot of times. Yeah, you've t- you and Gail Ann Dorsey talked about that, and I think yeah. you brought it up a couple other times. Mm-hmm. No, I have the opposite of imposter syndrome, where yeah. I'm like, Hollywood should give me more money. 
<laughs> Damn. You need to turn yourself into like a motivational guru or something, I think. <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah, become like, uh, what's that guy's name? <laughs> Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could you could fill a holiday on a banquet hall. Oh, easily. Very easily. <laughs> be great. Uh, no. So what's it like to have imposter syndrome? What does that feel like? I don't, I don't, I mean, it's, it's not like a constant thing. I think it's imposter syndrome to me or my experience is just, it's kind of like a, it feels like a tug of war between the, the thing that I love and I, and I want to be a part of, or I want for myself and then feeling like, not that I don't deserve it, but I don't have the skill set to to earn it. Oh, to or, earn it. Okay. Um, or if I'm given the opportunity that I faked my way into it, you know, and honestly, oh. and I do, but I, I mean, at this point I don't feel that way. That's good. But you know I mean? Like doing Conan, doing commercials without ha- ever having any experience of being on a set or cameras or right, all right. that kind of stuff was very insane. Even like doing, we, I had to do an audition for mad TV and that was just like, just self-taping stuff, especially oh, in, in like the early 2000s where it's just like a, a video camera. Yes. I, I Even sans imposter syndrome, I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it sort of felt like, but I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot of artists talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, for me, it's always been, there, there've been different versions of it. When I was playing in a band, I felt like I was an imposter because I just sort of was self-taught. Really? Yeah. Oh. There's a little bit of like, it's funny, I was talking to my girlfriend about this morning of like people who were our, that we held up on a pedestal. And I think uh-huh. I held a lot of creative artists and, and people up on a pedestal as this idea of, of that they were a rarefied being. Oh. Um, even if they were very human, I was still just right. like, but there's something special about them. There's a magic rather than. There's a magic or there's a, um, there's a, uh, uh, rite of passage that they went through. And okay. I think that's, maybe that's the difference. Like, I didn't feel like I, but I didn't realize I was having that rite of passage in doing stuff at the theater. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's a rite of passage for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think, yeah. But you had like a horrible childhood, right? I mean, isn't that? It was, it was not horrible, but it okay. was enough. There was, I mean, yeah, let's get into that stuff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's go deep, man. Let's go deep. But the thing, yeah. So we both come from, we grew up with alcoholism, uh, in our developmental yep. periods, both my, parents, yeah, yeah, for me were. So my mom, my 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 birth dad, they split up because he had uh, uh, he drank and he had some depression problems, mm-hmm. and then she remarried to a guy who drank <laughs> and, and <laughs> as had, they do, <laughs> as they do, and he had some uh, he, he had some I think he had some paranoia problems. We later on, or I know he did. Like later, later on, okay. found out that that was sort of. And once he got medicated, I was like, "Oh shit, sorry." Um, <laughs> I guess I guess I shouldn't have been afraid of aliens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it so yeah that that completely informs so much of like. Oh, how I how I deal with authority figures, you know, anybody who's sort <laughs> oh, yes. of that's like it's a big determinant of how you deal with authority figures or what your idea of your value is. Yes, um, totally. But I also, <laughs> I would love. I, I want to do a polling of comedians of like, so how much per per capita? How much dysfunction is there? You know, per, per <laughs> a, a lot. I think <laughs> a lot. Ninety percent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, is that, do you think that's why you went into comedy was not why, but it was a, a, um, 
I don't know, an unconscious kind of like instigator? No, I don't. I No? Yeah, I had both alcoholic parents. Mm-hmm. Both were physically abusive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. That's okay. Uh, nice. Do you want to talk to them? <laughs> no, they're uh, out of the picture at this point. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> violence, you know, lots of terrible shit. Mm. No, I more was like, I just felt like um, a misfit. Like high school didn't work for me. I mean, I did yeah. okay there. Socially, I did fine. Like I had a lot of friends and stuff, but I just knew... I'm not going to be like a dude that goes to college and gets a degree and gets a job and sits in right. an office. Um, although I did end up sitting in an office writing sketches for Key and Peele, but that's very different. Yes, it was wonderful. Different. Yeah. A wonderful experience. But I started doing comedy uh, when I was 15 and I was doing improv. And at 17, I got into this touring theater group that did uh, plays about why you shouldn't do drugs and stuff. And it like toured. <laughs> and there was like one funny character and I like auditioned and got it. Yeah. And they paid you and I got out of school. So oh, man, it, it like gave you permission to get out of school or whatever. You had to like sign this right. thing or whatever. And uh, it was nothing. It was 20 bucks a show or something. But I was like, Oh fuck, you can make money doing this. Let me, can I ask? So, so at this point, like what, as far as like your, your parents and, and their, struggling with the disease and you know and being physical mm-hmm. did that continue all the way up until high school was was there like a period till the day i moved out at 18 years old damn yes the whole time cuz my thing was more there was a period from when probably when i was like 7 until i don't know 14 uh-huh. would be these periods where my dad would like go into go into a depression and then he'd drink and then he'd get violent and then he'd apologize and it wouldn't happen for a few months. And uh-huh. so it, it, I, I'm curious cause it's like the difference between, because I mean, even how you've sort of talked about it and stuff, it's been very just like, yeah, this is, this is the state of affairs for me. <laughs> and I, and I have a much more internal thing where I, you know, I think I thought about it all the time, but nobody knew about it. So it was like this weird, Oh, it was this yeah. weird kind of, not something I was keeping secret, but it was almost like a secret, like, or something I forgot about and I had to remember and it would kind of be, it'd be this weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had that shit. Yeah, totally. For sure. I like, like when at some point in high school, I like told a friend, oh, my dad beats me mm-hmm. up or whatever. And he was like, I had no idea. Yeah. So I did seek, I did keep it secret and yes, it was, I, uh, I, and I, I it sounds really like kind of new agey and dumb, but like, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of what you're saying. It's like, I kept it secret for myself in a way. Yeah. Like I just was like, I don't think about well, that. Well, that's the only way you can kind of maintain. Like it's, it's a survival thing. Yeah. When you're in it. Yeah. When you're in it, it's the, you, you gotta survive, you know, you're, that's survival. And so when I was like. 31-ish, I was in a steady relationship. I had enough money to survive. I was had a good job. You know, I was, like, kind of secure. Mm-hmm. I started having panic attacks. Oh, wow. Like, re- like really bad panic attacks yeah, yeah. where I, like, couldn't deal with the world, and I was, like, on a couch shaking. Mm. And uh, I ended up going to therapy. Yeah. And I Googled it and learned about it, and <laughs> it's, got, it's got really fucking deep. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect it to go. Were you bald when the anxiety was going on? <laughs> I was bald. Yes, I was bald. Okay, at this well, time. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. And I, lear- <laughs> like, I read about it, and it was like, 
Oh, some people that have uh, traumatic childhoods. Like uh, you oh, and I right. Have. As Charlie is getting deep into his talking about his anxiety, his Zoom has frozen. So I'm just going to vamp until um, he's back into the scene here. Uh, if we have any callers, they can give us a call. Uh, any any uh, questions they have for Charlie? Um, you know, I think we're going to get through this. Um, one call is coming in. Yeah, one one caller is curious. Uh, they're asking, how come we've never been able to call in before? Why did we have to wait for this special interview episode? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure why. Charlie says he's trying to get back on right now. But uh, if anyone is listening and they're, they feel they, you know, if they're struggling with anxiety or they're in kind of situation where someone's drinking or uh, abusing them, the best thing you can do is tell people about it um, and, and get some help on it. Talking bald, yeah! This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro. FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel. Because right now, you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Megan Trainer, And I'm a big bro, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and we're starting a podcast. It's called Working On It. And we're working on just bettering ourselves overall as human beings. Listen, you're just going to get a behind the scenes look at our lives. We're just regular people. Just regular people in Hollywood. <laughs> We're going for it. Episodes drop every Wednesday, and we can't wait for you to listen. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, and it's easy to see why. Listen to Working On It on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good Risings. I'm Marie Burns Holzer, the host of the Good Risings podcast, Spoonful of Spirituality. Good Risings is a collection of six mini shows curated to give you a daily shot of inspiration, motivation, humor, relationship advice, and even astrology. You can curate your own morning routine by listening to one or all of the daily Good Risings offerings available in our feed. It's the perfect daily practice for anyone looking to lead a more intentional, mindful, and inspired life. For only a few minutes every morning, I will help you release your anxieties, negativity, and limiting beliefs with a positive dose of enlightenment and mindfulness drawn from the most influential spiritual leaders. Listen to Good Risings on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Only on Bald Talk. So, uh, this is Brian Husky with Bald. Uh, normally, I do a, a talk show or interview show called Bald Talk, but my uh, my co-host is not on the Zoom right now, so we're just doing Bald. Uh, I am Bald, and um, you know today's a special episode. So, um, if we want to sort of like fill the fill the gap a little bit, maybe we'll play a little music. 
back. <laughs> I just vamped. That's amazing. Thank so you hard. for vamping. <laughs> I don't know what God doesn't want me to tell my he story. He doesn't want you to tell your story. <laughs> Thanks for vamping. I appreciate it. Totally. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I uh, started having panic attacks and I learned that like sometimes when you like in my 20s, I was always hustling to like make my rent and all that shit. And I got to a point where it's like, oh, I'm in a happy relationship. I have a safe place to live, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's when like the trauma comes out. And so that's what happened for me. Right. And so then I went to therapy for like a long time, like seven years or something. Oh, that's cool. It was a challenging but lovely experience. Yeah. And you feel like it did the things you needed it to do? Yeah, I do. Because I did therapy for a long, like I started in college and did it for a long time. And I think I kind of, I was doing like almost like a Western medicine approach to it. I would just deal with what I was bitching about that day. It wasn't oh, kind of okay. like bigger issues. What's an example of that, if you don't mind giving it? Like, I guess it would just be like complaining about an audition that I did badly on or uh, that I'm okay. resentful that this is going – or I'm stressed about money. Right. And this is kind of on some of the therapists because they knew my background and stuff. But, yeah. It's like, why did you <laughs> connect? I know. They would never be like, well, do you think this sense of this lack of – Has something to do with what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I started doing um, one of the – you know, support programs, those group program things um, that we're not supposed to say what it is, but I will say that it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. And you're bringing me to it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's strange how that, that there was something about that that worked so much more um, immediately, not immediately. It, it, I, I, I recognize things so much more quickly. Like I wasn't, I would, and I think yeah. a big part of it is like, you know, one of the tenants is like, you're kind of turning over your control over to something outside yourself. And, right, and right. I think when I was doing therapy, I was very controlling, you know, I was very. You were trying to control rather than not trying to Right. Control. And I didn't know it, right. you know. Um, right, right. So it's interesting. Yeah. And therapy is really long. Like yeah. that would be my only complaint about it. Really long and like, expensive. Seven years is a long time and a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, as opposed to uh, programs where it's like, it's more about like what your day to day life is, I feel like, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, it, it, therapy or the program stuff? Programs. Program stuff is, it depends on how you want to do it. Uh huh. But it's sort of like the difference is it feels like if you're talking about your day to day stuff and you're, and it's important enough for you to sort of like, why am I obsessing about this? Why did, why is this kind of getting my craw? Right. It's about the bigger thing, you know. It, mm-hmm. It's like the couple having the, oh. the couple having the argument about the dishes. It's not about the dishes. It's not about. It's the not dinner. about the yes. dishes. <laughs> totally. Um, That's going to be our next podcast. It's not about the dishes. <laughs> oh man, we are changing. <laughs> Will gets a taste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, there's something else. Uh, therapy. Oh, but the other thing is like I when I started doing therapy. Like my dad was very resistant to it, and it was only when my mom uh-huh. started to do therapy that our family dynamic changed because she was mm-hmm. kind of uh, under the yeah she was codependent in that relationship, and she kind of like enabled uh-huh. a lot of uh, uh, in a helpless way. It wasn't sort of like she was like yeah go ahead and do it. She just was he was yeah you just uh, he's kind of a yeah he's a bigger bigger dude we've seen we've seen it yeah it's like you just fall into those dynamics and many people never get out of them yeah i know i know 
The other thing that you, you mentioned a minute ago was like something I I totally did with my girlfriend. There's one time I was like, oh, you know, I'm always talking about what's going on with my family and my dad drinking and stuff. And she's like, you never talk about it. Like you have mentioned it to me maybe once. Whoa, really? And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I like what's going on. And so I had to kind of tell her like all this stuff. And she's oh, like, oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way. And in my mind, I was just like, oh, shut up. Stop talking about it. Like it was just always going on. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I hear you. I hear you. I get in my head about that shit. About which, which part? Oh, like my mom's an alcoholic. Mm. And she's, her life's really fucked up. Yeah. And I'm like, I have phases where I don't think about it for like a while. And then I'll have phases where it's like all I think about. Yeah. That's one of the hard, I mean, that, that part of it where you're just like, well, I, I can't save these, you know, they have to go to this place. I can't save these people. Dude. Okay. We're yeah. going deep. So I'm going, I'm going to go deep. I don't know what I believe in God, the universe, what the fuck. I'm like, mm -hmm. my position is I don't know. Yeah. But there was a day very close to Mother's Day where I had heard from one of my brothers about some really bad shit that was going on with my mom. Mm -hmm. And that's the day you texted me. I'm, I'm outside your apartment. Do you want to hang out? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember this. I was I like, do. did you magically know that I desperately needed a friend to show up right now? Oh <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I, is not that weird? I love that. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, there's got, there's something going on there that I, you know, let's get really, let's analyze it. But I, I, I that kind of stuff, I do think there's a certain amount of we are resonating energy and information out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when you make yeah, a connection yeah. with other people, they tap into it. You know what I mean? I, 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 it sounds woo-woo, but I genuinely... I mean, it was like an hour before you showed up. Yeah. My brother was like, yeah, you know, mom is... Uh, I get evicted again. <laughs> oh, or my whatever God. the fuck it was. <laughs> and I was like dying. And then like you were like, hey, I'm near you. Uh, we're both axed, right? Should we hang out? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. It just felt like kind of weirdly magical or something. I love that. Yeah. This connection does make sense. But I saw this documentary the other day about um, – I think it was about trees. No, it's about mushrooms. It's a, there's, an, Not, there's an amazing oh, cool, there's amazing documentary on mushrooms, <laughs> man, on Netflix. But it is insane. And it's insane in the sense of like, well, they're, they're, they've been around for, you know, billions of years. And – they have a neural network between themselves uh -huh. and the and the mushrooms mushrooms do, do. um oh. uh and and they also uh, facilitate a neural network between trees and trees can know when other trees are in need of if they're sick or they're in need of healing and stuff what the fuck? and they can actually send um some of their nutrients and stuff to to other trees holy and shit and they're literally they they found out that they're literally they're like parent trees and then children trees that will stay connected to one another Whoa. and so they they'll support one another um so we had some human version of that i think we had some human uh neural network mushrooming going on <laughs> <laughs> that's our next spinoff yeah man we're just generating <laughs> we got we're gonna have so many this is a factory will's gonna get so rich wow. <laughs> or even more niche than, a, than our, our ball yeah, focused one than <laughs> <laughs> only talk about mushrooms oh, that's funny i know i love that stuff though i i uh, yeah i dig that shit for sure i mean i i brought this up on a uh, kind of a recent oh, it was the one with um Doug Jones just asking him about Christianity. Yeah, yeah. But it's true. Like I've gone from because my dad who who drank and was 
violent was a former pastor and he had true rage at the people that he used to um who were part of his uh congregation yeah because really? they but they wow. he had a um uh, his his first marriage broke uh, uh ended like fell apart he had a, a emotional breakdown and then when he came back from it he was like i'm just glad i have this church and they're like well, actually you're, you can't keep your marriage together, and you had an emotional breakdown, so you got to go. And he felt very betrayed. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. That would, I can I see that. Yeah. That would piss me off. So my, my experience of, like, anything spiritual short of my grandmother, who is kind of the, you know, exemplary of what you want a Christian to be, um, mm-hmm. has always been like, ah, it just seems like it messes people up. But yeah. as I've gotten older... There's a different. I feel like there's a difference between like spirituality and religion. Yeah, and I and I think spirituality is just like, a, I mean, probably like a massive part of it is just a true vulnerability and an openness to everything because everything yeah. is connected. Yeah. Um, anyway, here, hit this joint, man. Let's talk a little bit more about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass it over Zoom to you. <laughs> Put it in the chat. Uh, a chat joint. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I I agree. That makes sense. Yeah. This is a complete uh, out of left field, not related. But I wanted to ask, when you guys were writing Naked Pigs. <laughs> good segue. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've been, even after a year and a half, I can't do a segue. Uh, how'd you guys write? Was it like the four of you all sitting together? Or did you you went off on your own and wrote your sketches and came in and gave each other notes? Or like, what, how'd you There's do it? A, it was kind of a range. It started off as just we, the first time we were met up, we didn't know each other. I'm mean, Cordry and I were- You room- didn't know each other? Well, Cordry and I were roommates. Oh, right. And then Cordry was in, he knew Bowie, John Ross Bowie, because they were working at Scholastic Books together. Um, just really? like a temp job that they sort of, okay. and then, that's hilarious. I know, and then Seth was in 101 with Cordry and Cordry, I remember him being like, oh, this, this guy in that class is funnier than me. I hate him. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seth is probably the funniest he's person. He's so fucking that's funny. no doubt about it. Um, oh, and I know he's, he's getting a little, uh, light on top. So we, ha- I we, know. we, have we to gotta get him on, on here. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so Cordy was sort of like, I know these guys. Um, he was he, jealous of Seth? He was jealous of Seth, which is always <laughs> a good sign. But before that, we, we there's his his friend Jeb Barrier, who was in his, in Cordry's Shakespeare. Yeah, great, great guy. Um, in his Shakespeare touring company with him. And then his other friend, Mike Lombardi, oh, right. that he went to college with. We did a, a version of that first um, and it didn't quite gel. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, so so we got together. We had a bunch of sketches. Uh, and then we would just kind of give, like, pitch jokes to each other on the sketches we had. Yeah. And then once we had all these sketches, we we kind of realized that we had a commonality that we were always joking about, which in retrospect was like, oh, man, that is such a early 30s late 20 something kind of like privileged angst thing of we're always talking about how much we hated ourselves and like all these kind of like emotional sort of like self self floggings <laughs> that we did because uh, the first show we did was called yeah. we hate myself um <laughs> and so that one we tried to that sounds like a fish album yeah <laughs> we hate we myself. hate myself and so yeah so <laughs> after that once we kind of figure out each other's people um, 
Uh Then we would bring in a sketch and we would kind of, we were more open to helping each other out. And then as it kind of went on, we just started like bits that we were doing with each other would become sketches. And we would just sort of say like, do you want to write this up? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So it kind of, it evolved. That's cool. Um, Yeah. But it's funny, like I was thinking about that of just like the, I love that period of my life. I love that, like the oh, urge, the urgency and the importance. The urgency. But it was yes. also crazy making, but it was also like, it was, yeah. it's also so juicy. And so like, it's so juicy. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I'd want to go back to it, no. but I'm, I'm very grateful I experienced yeah. it. Yeah. Those, those early, the early twenties and thirties in New York in the comedy scene. I mean, I know. that was some crazy ass motherfucking shit. Well, how did you guys, cause you did buffoons with Bobby Moynihan and Eugene Cordero, right? Yep. We did, uh, me and Bobby were on the Herald team. And for our listeners that don't know, that's what improv groups at UCB used to be called mm-hmm. Herald teams. Yeah. Um, and I was on the Herald Team Police Chief Rumble with Bobby and uh, a b- bunch of other people. Right. And we did a sketch show that was really fun. And, and we did a, we had a midnight slot. Mm-hmm. The show was at midnight. Oh so you get to the bar at 1.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. You know, it was insane. <laughs> but me and Bobby had a bunch of sketches we wrote together that didn't end up in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, we, because there was eight of us and there was a bunch of different material and was fine but we were like oh maybe we should do something like do you want to do something with these sketches we were like just kind of like wrote together and stuff yeah so then we wrote buffoons and we wrote everything pretty much together like the two of us sitting at a computer did you guys just write it just to have some stuff or just to do it yeah just to do it for fun yeah i don't know why all right and then uh and we had this we had a running character it was most sketches were me and bobby and then there was like this pizza delivery man that showed up in every sketch Mm mm-hmm and so we were like, oh, let's have Eugene do that character. Yeah. So in our first show, Eugene played that character, and then he became part of the group. And for our second, third, whatever show, he also wrote sketches and stuff. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah. And at that point, I think we wrote alone. And then you, like you were talking about with uh, Naked Babies, like we uh, brought this, we would meet up once a week or something and read the sketches and then pitch jokes on each other's sketches and stuff. Did Did you guys have the intention? Because our thing, like when Cordry got the Daily Show, it was kind of like. I don't know. It was like um, Pete Townsend being like, "All right, the Who, we're gonna, I'm gonna take off." <laughs> we're like, "What? No, 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 no! Wait, wait, wait!" I mean, uh... we, we had, I, in my mind, for myself, I had built this. I, I'd been like, "All right, here we go. This is, this is for the next twenty years. Here, we're gonna be the, you know, we're gonna be the kids in the hall, the next yeah. kids in the hall. The I'm tied Mr. to these Show, guys." Yeah. And then right, Cordy's right. like, I have the show, bye. I was like, wait. Oh, no. But what about, what about <laughs> me? Uh, no, I had, no. Uh, Bobby got SNL. Mm-hmm. But Didn't you guys do something for NBC? I remember talking to Lisa Lang Gang that you guys had. Yeah, we had a pilot deal or something. I can't remember really, but. Yeah. Yeah, we had some pilot we were writing for NBC at some point. But uh, Bobby got an SNL. But I, no, I never, I mean, I enjoyed doing it. But I didn't have those expectations of like right. it's the three of us for the rest of our lives. You know? When we <laughs> we did our first, the very first um, like comedy uh, festival we did was the Austin Big Stinkin Comedy and Improv Festival, <laughs> which I think they had maybe three of them. But we found uh, out that um, some TV people were coming to it, and so we immediately we were asking Katie Roberts, Ian Roberts' wife. Ian Roberts, one of the founding members of the UCB. Of the UCB. Um, very funny. Genius. Um, 
she we were like, okay, Katie, what do we do? Like, we're going to do our sketch show, but when they come to us with offers, like, how do we handle it? And she was like, just why don't you guys just go do the show? And not, <laughs> no, we were like, we were so convinced that we're like, somebody's going to see us. It's going to happen. Da, da, da. And in the meantime, we never got into like things like Aspen, the Aspen Comedy Festival, the year after year. No, we never got into Aspen. No, we tried every year. I sent so many SNL audition DVDs yeah. of being like, you need five impressions. Okay. Who's bald? I guess mm-hmm. I'll do James Carville. <laughs> I'll do uh, Dick Cheney. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no. Uh, we, uh, no, we never got into Aspen. We auditioned so many fucking times, like five years in a row. Yeah, every year. Every year. Every year. Every motherfucking year. Lou yeah. Wallach. <laughs> that guy. Lou Wallach. <laughs> Dealing with Lou Wallach. <laughs> There were so many gatekeepers. The bureaucracy. I don't think people outside of show business understand the bureaucracy of show business. I don't think like, uh, people outside this conversation know what we're talking about, really. Probably for our podcast <laughs> listeners. It's <laughs> like, what are they talking like, about? like, why, uh, why are they ragging on people <laughs> this in the past? so boring. <laughs> oh, there's so many fucking gatekeepers that you have to be like, they come. I remember, like, we tried to get into Aspen one year, and they were like, okay, you're almost into Aspen. Mm-hmm. But you got to make these 17 million changes yes. to your show. Yeah, completely. And then, oh, you that happened to you oh, guys yeah, too? yeah, yeah. We're trying to get... <laughs> okay. So we did a show called The Sunshine Gang, which was this improv... I remember yeah, The Sunshine Gang. It was like yeah. this improv show that was a... The premise was it was a WPA, a Work Projects <laughs> Association improv group that was going around the country and performing for like labor camps. Um, mm-hmm. So it was all 19... The, like 30s 40s improv stuff yeah yeah (laughs) and so we wanted you know we're trying to get into it and they kept giving us these insane notes and one of them was like does it have to be does it have to be 1930s can it just be them (laughs) we're like what (laughs) so we just used the name we're the sunshine gang and improvised like what do you i mean it's it's more contemporary. Like, no, we're not oh. going to change that. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. But, um, well, let me ask you this, Charlie. And this is my mm-hmm. transition. Since we were just talking about comedy and our comedy beginnings, what do mm-hmm. you love about comedy? Um, I like making people laugh. You like it, but you don't love it. I see. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I uh, I don't know. It, it gives me joy. Mm-hmm. That's it. Cool. I mean, I uh, I don't have a... I wish I had a deeper answer. It was like... All the way from the TV show I created to cracking a wife, cracking a mm-hmm. wife, <laughs> cracking a joke in the kitchen to my wife. Yeah, uh, they the same to me. Yeah, I, I, you know, I just like uh, yeah, I get a laugh from you on this podcast. I'm happy. That's totally. It. Um, how about you? Well, I'm gonna. Mine's a two part question. Okay, and, th- and then you can turn the tables on me if you want to. Copy that. Copy or you can go like we can get super political all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you hate about comedy? I don't like the business side of the TV business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find it just, oh my God. I So often I'm like, is there something else I can do? Mm. I, I don't think I really could do something else, but like we were talking about the notes. It's like the bullshit endless. I mean, the endless. Yeah. I mean, just getting this podcast to be made and I'll say it on the fucking podcast, <laughs> was so hard yeah. and so long. Once it gets into lawyers' hands, Ugh. and they're just like... And it's just, ne- it takes so long. Like that, yeah. I find so frustrating. It's like, I just want to get to making the art. I don't know. It's 
I don't know how to figure it out because it's like, oh, you could be like, oh, you just have a regular job and then you paint your little paintings of mm-hmm. an acorn, turn an acorn into a penguin with your paint. And <laughs> nobody gets to tell you if you can do it or not. Right. But we do it for a business. So it's like the business part of it is like 75%. Yeah. And it's just that slog kills me. Yeah. I just, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Just the endless agents, managers lawyers mm-hmm. executives it's just that part fucking kills me. i know I, why do we have to wait so long like making weird city took four years oh my god yeah and it's six episodes mm-hmm. and i'm proud i'm proud of those episodes i think they're great but like that's a long motherfucking time yeah. it's like this podcast like how long did we were talking about it in the beginning of 2019 I think. yeah and we record we started recording before we had any contract stuff that's right. And I think we like, we had already banked like 10 episodes or something by the time we signed papers. I, I, that part I don't like about comedy. No. Um, yeah. One other thing I like about comedy, though, and this is, I, I, I believe, specific to the improv world, mm-hmm. is like people are cool and supportive. I love yes. that. I love that, like, my fr- I'm not, I don't get, I'm not a person that has uh, enviousness. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my friend gets something, I'm happy for them. Oh, that's great. They even get a part I went out for, I'm happy for oh, them. that's rad. And I think the, imp- the improv world's really good at that. It's like, hey, we're a team, you know? Yeah. So I like that, too. All right. I like that. How about you? Uh, what do I love about comedy? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the baseline is that kind of like, there's definitely a, 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 little, a little hit I get from getting a reaction out of someone. Oh, yeah. Um, Always. But I, I feel like I maybe I said this, but there's something I kind of realize, like, because I like I've always liked kind of weird art and mm-hmm. not weird music, but like indie rock and stuff that's sort of like it, it's not mainstream. And there, there's something that's always been about comedy, even like sort of like unless it's like really cookie cutter, but there, mm-hmm. the subversiveness of comedy has always oh, yeah. turned me on. Like it's always been. I love that. Yeah. There, it, it, it's always given me a feeling of not power in a negative way, but empowering. It's, it's always. Empowering. You know, yes. It's always, totally. Yeah. Totally. And also I just, it, it, in like an intellectual way, I love the kind of like inversion of ideas that happens. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah, yeah totally. Because it, it yeah, is like sure. it, it, to to make a point with something and you come at it from this other angle and you still like, oh, my God, now I get the point. But I see this other view of it, this other kind of approach <laughs> yes. to it. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been a weird like as as sort of like cultural shifts are happening a lot of stuff in comedy is like man you can't do that anymore which is great and i'm kind of realizing like oh man there's a lot of stuff that was like an easy approach to that you know what i mean uh, yes 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 absolutely low, low hanging low fruit, hanging fruit um yeah which i think uh, i think our theater kind of had a pretty good his like had a history of sort of the punk aesthetic that we had um mm-hmm. was in a very protected rarefied point in history yep. you know where it's sort of like yep. yeah it was very unique yeah absolutely yeah it's like clinton era and then obama era and it's like yeah cool we're we're all liberal and we're gonna say these things are kind of go there and make you think about and we're it. gonna say shit you're not supposed to say yeah. and blah 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 yeah. and now it's sort of like oh yeah i un- 
unknowingly because we got a reaction Whoops. out of it. <laughs> it's, 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 might have hurt a lot of feelings. So sorry about that. I'm glad some of it's not on tape. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. This is a funny thing. Like a lot, a lot of improv was like, oh, thank God. We wouldn't. No. Oh, thank God. Nobody had a camera at that time. Such and such <laughs> I don't stuff. know what I said. Improv, it's like, especially in your 20s. I mean, I would be like hammered on stage. Oh, just yeah. Screaming shit. And you're like, I don't know what I said. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean it evilly. Yeah. I just was trying to get a laugh. And uh, I'm sure some of it was not PC. Oh, man. My <laughs> ex-wife, a friend of hers who is a devout Christian, came to see this improv show we used to do called Feature That's Feature. Good. Yeah. Oh, Feature Feature. I remember Feature yeah, Feature. Yeah. So we'd improvise a movie, like a full movie. And so we did like mm -hmm. a, um, we did sort of like a Godspell musical or like the last, oh, we did like shit. a musical version of Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, okay. And it was as insane and disgusting as you would <laughs> imagine. And she would not look me in the eye. She would not talk to me afterwards. <laughs> she didn't feel comfortable around me. And, oh, no. and at, at the time, I was like, oh, man, that's so funny. And now I'm like, oh, man, that that, that probably I really offended, really offended <laughs> and, and, and affected her. And so, yeah. yeah, my take on that stuff now is like, oh, yeah, there, there's – and I have uh, – same recollection of like my friends who would come and hang out with my comedy buddies are like, y'all are funny, but it's exhausting. Oh my God. I mean, being at McManus, like yeah. the bits that would happen. Would it's just, there's this, there used to be, uh, what was it? On Comedy Central, there was this tour that Zach Galifianakis and, oh God, the guy who was paired with Steve Agee on um, Sarah Silverman's show. I can't remember his name. Jay Johnson? No, big tall guy. Um, uh, I don't remember. I can't remember his name. Uh, Zach Galifianakis and uh, Maria Bamford and this other guy and someone else. And there's one point, and they're just like, they just show them hanging out and doing shows and hanging out in between. And Brian Pussy. Brian Pussy, very good. Yeah, that um, was Olivia that gave, gave Olivia, me. coming in. Thank you, Olivia. Um, but he, uh, at one point, he was, they were doing these bits and like Zach Galifianakis just says like, I feel insane. This all feels so insane. I love it. It's so insane. And there was something, how much he was relishing, how insane it felt that mm -hmm. I totally identified with. Yeah, like, oh, I, I love that. Yeah. And it's that part of like doing comedy, especially our, us at that theater and stuff. It felt like, it was like, okay, this, that was definitely a period where I was in a space. We're in history. Like we yeah. were there. Yeah. It's really interesting. I don't know. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you remember a feature feature that was like, do you know the movie Paper Moon? Yes. It was like a paper moon. It was like set in the 30s. Mm -hmm. And you were a tap dancer that Seth Morris was driving to a gig and you ended up tap dancing on his face in the car crash by any chance. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Improv shows are so funny like that because that was like a probably one of the like maybe like the third show I ever saw at UCB. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's always stuck in my mind. And so we're a tap dancer trying to get to a gig in like Atlanta or something. Yeah, yeah. And Seth, I don't remember who he was, but he was driving like a thirties car and yeah. picked you up, and you tap danced on his face, and you guys crashed. That's really funny. Yeah, I don't. I, I remember like two improv scenes. I know, same. I don't, I don't remember any improv scenes. I no idea. <laughs> We're like jazz musicians. It's all going to just be like, I, 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 I don't know. I don't remember what we did. We're going to end up like in an alleyway, just yeah, strung oh, out. <laughs> <laughs> like jazz musicians do. Like they do. Um, yeah. 
That's what I love about comedy. Yeah, and and I concur with your thing of like I hate all the business part of Ugh, having it's to so do comedy. Brutal. Yeah, but I also now I think one thing I don't hate about comedy, but I wish I had been more aware of was what a defense mechanism it was. Um, <laughs> oh yes, still that it, yeah, <laughs> that it was just like the number of times people were like, wow, can you just be here and be cool? Be normal for a second. <laughs> yeah. I'm very bad at that. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, thank like you. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm, glad. I'm glad. No, <laughs> I don't think of you as like doing bits and like, oh, there okay. definitely, yeah. there are people who are like, holy crap, man, you Take are. Take it down a motherfucking notch. You are having an internal panic attack externally. <laughs> I think you're hiding it. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I don't come across that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask you, let's see. So, given that you've done how long? So, how long would you say in earnest you've been doing comedy stuff? Twenty-six years. Yeah, I guess I'm like I don't know how much longer. Twenty, twenty-nine. Yeah, fucking twenty. No, that's I don't <laughs> want to say that. <laughs> lie, uh, lie. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, I mean, I, I guess. If I started I start, at 29 and I'm, I'll be 53 next month. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm about 24 to years. 42. Okay, so we're yeah. kind of about the same. I count high school because yeah. I was doing like that's true. I was pretty out there in high school. I would like go do open mics and stuff all the time yeah. and do really weird bits. So in in all that all that time, all the stuff that you've you've done is there, or is there something you're most proud of? Like, is there sort of the thing you're like, yeah, I I can come away from all this stuff and like I did that. I feel really good about it. Uh, bald tie. Seriously, I have a three. Uh, yes, for sure. I love it. I uh, I have a three way tie. Key and Peel, yep. Bald Talk and Weird mm-hmm. City, yeah. Is my three way tie. Yeah, I would concur. That's those are good. Yeah, they were. I I feel like I did something unique. Said something, mm-hmm. you know, it was funny. Yeah. So those are my three, the top three. I dig it. How about you? Uh, I would say this. I would say uh, Mr. Neighbor's House, yes. the one and two of it, and then I would. Hmm. Let me think. I want to say I was going to say Veep. Yeah, Veep is great. Veep is great, but I'm thinking like the times. This is weird. Well, no. Yeah, I'll say Veep. I would like a, a bonus one would mm-hmm. be we opened up for Tenacious D. Naked Babies did. Oh shit! That's cool. yeah. We did we did two nights at the Bowery Ballroom with them. Oh, that's amazing. It was it was in, insane, and it was like we won the crowd. We had been like told that they destroy opening acts like they do not let them talk dude they just are like assholes to them and we yeah and we we killed both nights so that's something that's that's something i've always like oh yeah that was that as far as a feeling i had of just yeah yeah yeah, that was a good one (laughs) that's amazing yeah very cool it's a story that captivated the nation Two brothers and their sister are on the run from authorities tonight. Three close-knit siblings, known as the Doherty Gang, go on a 15-state crime spree, evading police for eight days. Police say the trio have a stockpile of weapons. Dylan, Ryan, and Lee Grace had nothing left to lose. They're like modern-day Bonnie and Clyde. Now, for the very first time, exclusive interviews with Doherty's from behind bars. This call is from a federal prison. My sister's the crazy one. 
I was working at two different strip clubs doing a very large amount of drugs. My brother's a muscle. The last time I spoke to my dad, he told me, look out for your little brother. Something I really took to heart. The youngest is the brain. How far would you run for your freedom? There's some things that you just can't take back. You've already started this party. You might as well have fun. And that's what we did. Listen to The Doherty Gang every Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. It's time for today's STEM tip. Want to know how to make your selfies even better? Okay, let's use science. The best time for photos is golden hour. That's the moment right before the sun sets, when the atmosphere scatters blue and violet wavelengths, making perfect, soft, and golden selfie light to show off that beautiful face of yours. Click. Check out She Can STEM for more inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and I'm the host of The Daily Dive, a daily news podcast covering some of the top stories of the day. Every morning, I'll connect you with the writers and journalists who know the story so you can stay up to date and make informed decisions. On the podcast, we'll give you the latest on the pandemic and vaccine mandates, keep you in the loop on the world of politics and how it affects you, and give you the lowdown on tech and entertainment. Catch a fresh episode of the podcast every Monday through Friday. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, and it's easy to see why. Listen to The Daily Dive on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking bald, yeah! I mean... We host this show. We know how to do it. Yes. A lot of times we'll end it, and then you'll ask another question. Then I mess it up. <laughs> I don't keep it going. I keep it going. Um, but I did, I, you know, I jotted down a couple of things. If you were to do another job, and I'm not saying that you've been kicked out of the industry, but if you were just like, eh, I'm done, mm-hmm. is there anything you'd be like, I, I would be content doing that? Um... I don't know if this counts, but I don't know. Advertising? That's kind yeah. of like writing sketches, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that. Yeah. I don't know. I've had such a weird life where I've like never done anything else. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, maybe is writing novels different? Probably. Does that count as different? <laughs> I would maybe try that. Like uh, Yeah. <laughs> that one that would definitely go to a more solitary um, I don't want to be solitary, though. I like working with people. Um, you could be one of those work for four hour guys and then go out and have your your afternoon backgammon crew. <laughs> uh, at the Bodega? local pub. Yeah. Gosh, I just don't know. I, I yeah. don't have an answer to that. Yeah. How about you? I don't. I've I've thought of it. There have been a couple times during the pandemic where I was like, oh, shit, I don't know. I don't know if our business, our industry is going <laughs> to. Oh, I do know. What's that? I couldn't really do it, but in a fantasy world, I'd be a baseball player. Oh, wow. That's a good one. I don't, I, maybe if I'd started when I was a kid or something, I yeah. could have, but um, that, that's, if, if, if magic is allowed, I'd be a baseball player. That's a good one. I, man, what would I do? Because I've done other stuff. Yeah, you did a lot. You did photography and you were a bassist. And... Yeah. And I, they all, I guess I I know I have to do something creative. So I'm trying to think like what uh-huh. other thing would be creative. I mean, the other thing is like the older I get, and this is just the older you get, your ambition just dwindles. You're like, man, come on. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't Whatever. <laughs> but I wonder, I feel like I, the older I get, I would probably get more out of some kind of service position. I don't know, working with, kids but they would drive me oh. crazy <laughs> I, I could see you being a cartoonist yeah yeah 
or like maybe you even te- I don't know if you draw, but you could draw them, or you could. I would see you more as the writer, mm-hmm. and you team up with like somebody that draws. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> oh, you're gonna do it? <laughs> yeah, I was just looking for an just idea. Just switch switch it up pretty abruptly. <laughs> but you know, you're good with a turn of phrase and a little funny nugget yeah. and stuff like that. So I I could see that. Maybe I should be a um, work at a hotel and concierge service. <laughs> No. And just answer phones. Don't do that. <laughs> but if I can turn the phrase. Not that there's anything wrong with it. And be charming. I would never follow okay, through on it. Maybe. But I would just. It, <laughs> I'm just like the buffer. Oh, I would be a game developer. Like you see my Dungeons and Dragons games behind me. Oh. Uh, I consulted oh. for D&D. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, I could do that maybe. That would be kind of cool. I mean, the other stuff I think I would want to do, I was like, oh, I would. Like, I'd love to do some other version of art. Like, I don't know, some weird, like, painting or something. But I don't have the skill set. And also, I'm like, I've always chosen things where, like, you might not make any money doing this (laughs) every single time. (laughs) So. I know. How do we get rich? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty content with my, my earning level. Yeah. Which was, which is honestly one of my my life goals was like, I wanted to make enough money that I was comfortable and I could provide for my family and that I was doing something I, I love. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I mean, I guess I wouldn't mind making, you know, a bazillion dollars, but. Oh, I'm not going to, if it's, if it comes up, I'm not going to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I pass. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm too? good. I'm totally good. I'm totally good. But actually I thought about this the other, just with the whole Bezos thing, I do sort of feel like, I would give away. Oh, uh, so much. Yeah. There's only, I mean, because I mainly, and it ultimately is kind of a self-protective, selfish thing. I feel like I would go crazy. Like you lose sight. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It becomes, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Or you the, just, it, it, the value of it becomes this other thing. Um, I don't need that much. I wouldn't mind like being a little richer. Mm-hmm. I'm not rich, but or having more money is yeah. like. I even have like really great neighbors. They're like quiet and nice and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't mind just having like a little more space, like a little more lawn. Yes. That kind of thing I, I could get into. I definitely need more space. My yeah. ex-wife, I watched her, one of her dogs the other day. So I had three dogs and my daughter here. And <laughs> I was losing my mind. That's intense. Yeah. I'm totally losing my mind. Um, all right. So I guess what did we learn? Well, we would – we'll take – People we'll offering them. us more money. Yeah, we'll take we're money. Not, we're not hunting it down. No, um, we're so self-actualized. We don't need it. Um, we're pretty chill about sharing about our alcoholic We have both alcoholic parents. And we're bald. And we're bald. <laughs> and we are bald. Yeah, and then comedies, you know, we like making people laugh. and it's, Making um, people laugh's fun. What else? Uh, I don't know. Is this what we do to guests? Do we sum- summarize the things? That no, they- <laughs> we've only ever. We're we're so much more interesting. We're summarizing ourselves instead of them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Well. Okay. Well, Charlie, thanks so much for coming on Ball Talk. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on Ball Talk, Brian. I appreciate it. No, nice thank you for you. coming. No, no, thank no. You thank you for coming on Ball Talk. No, it's really. It's always. It. I've always wanted it's to a have pleasure. My co-host as a guest. I've always been wondering about your life and stuff, so it's nice to have you. I, I've always wondered what you look like, and <laughs> you'll it, never I still know, don't know because life, your terrible I'm lighting backlit. setup you have. <laughs> I'm still a shadow, like in a mafia still confession is. video. Um, <laughs> normally, my co-host does this, but. But if it's cool, I'll, I'll just do it this time. Yeah, um, go for it. 
Listen, everyone, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Bald Talk Pod. Uh, be sure to rate, review, download, subscribe, worship us. Um, yes. And, and we put uh, new episodes and stuff up on our Instagram, so check that out. Um, I don't know if my guest knows anything about our Twitter, but if he wants to take a stab at it. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Bald Talk Podcast, right? Yeah, that's that's okay. what that's what I usually say. So that's, there you with go. the same enthusiasm. All right. Well, Charlie, I love you, my friend. Love you, brother. And um, everybody, find a bald friend and cling to them. Yep. Never let them go. Cling to them with everything you got. Hold on to their sweaty pate. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Someone to talk to Brian and Charlie Have a hairless party And they are all there to invite you No hairdos No shampoos Interviews Only on Bob I'm Khalil Gibran Muhammad And I'm Ben Austin we're two best friends. One black. One white. I'm a historian. And I'm a journalist. And this is some of my best friends are. As in, hmm. I'm not a racist. Some of my best friends are. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. In this show, we wrestle with the challenges. And the absurdities. Of a deeply divided and unequal country. Listen to some of my best friends are. On the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Maddie and Kenzie Ziegler, and we have a podcast called Take 20. We want to kick back and hang out with you, but we know you're busy, so let's take 20 every week to talk, to vent, to get real. 20 minutes to catch up and talk about everything that's on our minds and yours. Listen with us for 20 minutes when you're in the car, putting on makeup, working out, cleaning your room, avoiding doing your homework. Take a break from whatever you have to do and hang out with us. Listen to Take 20 on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Mike Yam. And I'm Aditi Kinkabala. We love football so much, we figured let's start a podcast and call it NFL Explained, where we just answer all the crazy questions we get about football all the time. There are a ton of those questions, Aditi. We can go through team names, like how the Buffalo Bills got their name, or who even came up with the Sky Camp, because that is actually a really cool idea. <laughs> Answers to questions like that and more every Thursday. Come join us for the NFL Explained podcast. You can find it on the iHeartRadio app or on Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you find your podcasts.